Hey friends, welcome back to Real Life Marriage, where I'm your host, Candace Mummert. And on a great day, my husband, Aaron, joins me as the co-host. Whether I'm sharing tidbits and encouragement or interviewing people brave enough to share what goes on behind closed doors in their marriage, it's all for the goal of strengthening marriages. We're glad you joined us as we unpack the good, the bad, and everything in between when it comes to real life marriage. part three of our spiritual leadership series, sitting around our dining room table, six kids upstairs. We'll see if they stay quiet. Nonetheless, we are excited because we have some special guests tonight, Aaron. Yeah, absolutely. And so uh, Keeney and I um, thought it'd be a great opportunity to kind of have a little bit of a round table, although we are sitting at a rectangular table here, but it is a round table thought. And uh, Got some of our uh, some of my good friends, spiritual leaders, um, men of God, um, that are in my life, and uh, thought I'd pull them all together and uh, we talk a little bit about spiritual leadership, prepared and gave them five questions, and so we're just kind of going to go around the room. Um, start off with introductions, guys. So, looking for name, years that you've been married, kids, your profession, and if you had a free Saturday. What would be your ultimate Saturday? So, Mr. Corey, you want to kick us off? Sure. Corey and Kayla Albright. We've been married 20 years um, with lots of hard work. We've got three kids. They're all in their teens. One is about to graduate, or it did graduate uh, high school. We do homeschool, so that's a little bit of a twist. And um, I work in the, really the insurance world, processing uh, healthcare claims, making sure they're accurate. So I have no idea how I got there, but uh, <laughs> I know the Lord put me there for 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 several reasons. So Amen. it's definitely not my degree that I that I earned. But uh, what would I do on a free Saturday? If it was a stressful week, I would probably wake up early, have coffee, walk with the Lord. I probably would saddle up and ride my horse a little bit, but then I would just hang with the family. Very cool. Um, yeah, just chill. That's a country song, isn't it? I guess Coffee, so. walk with the Lord, and ride a horse. Right, probably. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. yeah, for sure. So that's that's me. Thank you, Corey. Well, I'm Mark Reedlands. Uh, my wife's name is Chelsea. We've been married uh, 14 years. There you go. Just sort of a big number. It's not quite 20. It's all right. We... Um, um, I would jokingly say we're starting to get the hang of it, which is a total lie because we still have no idea what we're doing. Um, we have, uh, we're working on our sixth kiddo, so ranging from seven to 21. And um, on, a, on Saturdays, I love to just get out and explore. I love, I, I would very much love to just explore the mountains of Colorado uh, mm-hmm. in, in, in the excursion and, and drive around and drive over some mountain passes maybe and that sort of thing. That's what I love to do. Awesome. Excellent. Jeremy? My name is Jeremy. I'm five years married, which really sounds like nothing. Yeah. So. What a, what a baby. Such a, a baby. Lot. Yeah, such a baby. But I've got two kids. That counts. Yes. Also outnumbered there. Um, my wife is Tara. Um, she's Australian, so if that's worth anything. My kiddos are half Australian, and we are trying to get them to have an Australian accent at the house as best as we can. <laughs> so COVID really helped because it only heard us talking. Which is perfect. Um, <laughs> we, we like to listen to her talk more than you, right? Uh, yes. Uh, profession, I work at a church. Um, I'm a creative worship pastor at High Ridge Church. And a free Saturday for us would probably go into a coffee shop, getting outside, uh, relaxing, um, with our girls being 
a couple weeks old, uh, three months and almost two. Mm-hmm. Just watching them run around is a pretty fun thing. I mean, one's crawling, not doing anything. One's running around. So <laughs> that's probably our Saturday. There you go. But if you had a free Saturday away from the family, what would you do? Oh, when I do by myself? Oh, yeah. that kind of free. Yeah. Oh, just like a vacant. That's a different level of freedom. Often <laughs> experience freedom outside of you that. You locked that away five years ago. <laughs> right. You can unlock it today. I don't know. I really do enjoy DIY projects. So I'd probably be doing something like that alright yeah I've seen some of your work it's pretty good well thank you yeah <laughs> excellent starting a YouTube channel awesome <laughs> alright guys um, so we're just going to kind of dig in uh, um, like like we said before this is a part three just uh, kind of going to unpack a little bit more of the how to in the reality what does that look like spiritual leadership um, your experiences um, growing up in your home now the good the bad and, and everything in between so a question one that I sent you was, um, how would you explain spiritual leadership to a Christian brother? I have some thoughts on this. Um, you, you sent us some of these questions to prepare, and, and uh, I was imagining what Jeremy was going to answer, and I just know he's going to have this really well <laughs> like thought out plan that's no, going to be really question. awesome. And so I'm going to get my not as good answer out of the way. Um, like uh, For me, the first thing that came to mind is, I think most people can relate to when you're taking care of your kiddos, um, you're, you're obviously worried about like their health, right? You, you want to make sure they don't touch the hot stove. You want to make sure that they don't, you know, jump off the brick fireplace or whatever. Those types of things are, you're, you're constantly sort of working and, and, and putting them in places to make sure that they, you know, stay safe and healthy. And then you're, you're, you're worried about, you know, uh, their success in life. You know, you're trying to position them to get good education. You're trying to position them to, you know, have some sound, you know, reasoning and logic in their <laughs> heads and which is might be a futile, you know, pursuit. I don't know. But um, th- those are the things that you pursue for them, like as a parent. And when I think about spiritual leadership, it's it really is just like those things. You're caring for them and trying to uh, keep them healthy and safe, um, but in a spiritual way. So you're really caring for their soul and trying to mold them into the, the what you would hope for them to be um, spiritually. And, and so that's what, like, that's what, um, as a spiritual leader, I'm trying to do is I'm trying to envision what I, I'd like, like that to look like for them and then try to put some sort of plan in place to help move them towards that in whatever ways that I can. That's good, Mark. That's, re- that's really good. I'm not following it up. Where are you going next? I just ask the questions. I don't have to answer. <laughs> um, not fair. I would say spiritual leadership is, is understanding where you are in that chain of command. Um, if you believe God is real and the Bible is truth, you have to really first make sure that you are saying yes to both of those. And if that's true, God's your commander. As a man specifically, um, he gives us instruction and he gives us our, our mission. He gives us the operation orders of what is expected to be done. He tells us who we are and what are our duties, what's our role, what's our responsibilities. And he's given us additional hands and feet for his cause to please him to glorify him and so when he allows us to conceive as a couple and birth a child um, that's not our child we are just responsible for that child and that's his child regardless of whether we whether we came into that being believers or not that truly is i've specifically had a story of Mason was going really downhill after he was born. That's our oldest. And 
And um, I remembered a story of my youth minister, and he said his son fell in ants, and they thought he was going to, uh, a phylactic shock of over the ants overwhelmed his body. And it wasn't until um, he broke and he said, okay, whatever it takes. And he said, I'm, I'm glad that you finally gave him to me because he, he's, God says, he's actually mine. Mm-hmm. He's not yours. And until you understand that, I, I was not going to let him continue on in your home. And so we took that to the Lord. We prayed overnight, and Mason immediately started making a huge impact, awesome. a change. And so from then, we were. it was a very clear message to us is your job is to view the long-term goal of being a productive, strong warrior man and war, two warrior girls. And what does that look like? And what, are they, what, did, what did God make them to be? And what, what genre? One is different than the other, and mm-hmm. Mason's much different. And so each one have their specific duties that God has set out for. And it's our job to recognize those, to build those, and then also to look at the weaknesses that they have and to bring those weaknesses up to refine those. That's our job. And we, so we, we take that really seriously because we know that he's watching every minute. And uh, are we taking every advantage to nip those things in the bud as a spiritual leader for our kids? Now, for my wife, um, that's a whole other story where she is very, very strong and God has put that beautifully in her. Mm-hmm. But that has, as I continue to grow and figure out how to be a spiritual leader as a, as a husband role, her lioness, if you will, kind of dropped. Mm-hmm. And so we've started to balance each other out. And so, but that's a dance, right? And it all needs to be kind of wrapped around the Lord, and he, only He can really redeem that. But that's that's for me. That's good. It's the actionable duty of of looking at what's the final result need to be when they leave the home, and and uh, for, at least for parenting specifically. I yeah. love the I love the thought that you said about them. You know, your kids, and, and really, it's your wife. They're not they're not really yours. They're, they belong to the Lord, and that totally changes the perspective from which you approach those things. Because it's been much less about my desires and much more about what what God desires for both of those things. Yeah. And that you know that's a really important perspective to have. So when you're pursuing like how how to lead them, it's it's not. Well, I think you should do this, this, or this. It's like, Lord, what, what do you have for, mm-hmm. for them? That's a really, really good thought. When you think, when you also think about the time you have every day, and the roles, the responsibilities you have. If you were single, you can be a spiritual leader in the people you impact. But there's a lot of time that can uh, can be self focused. What mm-hmm. you want to do, but when you step in, either you consciously or subconsciously step into a marriage role or any type of small group leader role, or a father role, or a mother role, you're committing to a smaller amount of time for yourself and a leadership role. You eat last. You, your team goes first. And you have to, you have to commit and it, it, you have to commit to that. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. Yeah, the, on, the, on the part about being a parent, you know, less and less for yourself and more and more for your family, that, that phrase, uh, you know, servant leadership. Mm. And I feel like every step from going from single to dating, dating to married, married to father, father of one, father of two, you're dying more and more to yourself. Yes. And you're like, all right, less of me, 
not only more of the Lord, but now more of my spouse, more of my daughter, and now my second daughter. And for me, the evolution has been, I'm actually a really selfish person. <laughs> so so my answer, Free Saturday, was like, I'm going with my family. Oh, Free Saturday for me? I don't even think like that anymore. <laughs> so that's, uh, yeah, on those lines of like, yeah, having family, it's not about you. And it's more about them first. And that's where that leadership comes from. Because obviously the pinnacle leadership, Jesus, he came down not to be served, but to serve. Mm-hmm. So he's going to be the easy one to throw to of a perfect example as this goes. But if I were to answer, how would you explain spiritual leadership uh, to a Christian brother? My first response was the saying, leadership is influence. So when I think about spiritual leadership, I think about, well, can you influence yourself spiritually? And what does that look like? And so we, if we were to examine ourselves, are the easiest and hardest to lead. Because one, you know yourself unlike anybody else. So you should therefore be able to fix yourself because you see yourself behind who you are. But we are so good at lying to ourselves, justifying, saying, no, it's not like that. We can figure it all out. So spiritually saying, spiritual leadership, okay, can you influence yourself to grow spiritually? And what does that even look like? And so that's a whole conversation of like, okay, what's your quiet time? Are you moving forward with the Lord? How do you know if you move forward with the Lord? Who, as a Christian brother, who is in your circle? circle yeah. Like who's who are you growing from? You're an average of the five people around you. All of those things. But then, if it's not a single guy, and then it's a spiritual guy. Well, then, are you spiritually influencing your spouse, your kids, and your family? And so, so much the leadership about me is um, getting the people to be a better version of themselves, and in the spiritual sense is helping them grow in their relationship with the Lord and being being deeper because as humans uh, we don't tend to go towards God naturally everything created goes away from God naturally and so spiritual influence to me is um, impacting people towards towards God that's good I think there's a lot of I think um, certainly America can go into a lot of duties here are Mm -hmm. the things you need to do but I think as part of a leader you have to connect with your crew you have to connect with whoever you're you're mm-hmm. relating with, and at a heart level, and and I truly believe that that's where your your time and your attention needs to be connecting with the Lord and going, okay, what's my what is my what is my commands and what do you need me to do today, and do I have enough heart connection to my kids, heart connection to my wife, or the people in any of my influences in order to Influence. If I don't, it's just a, a phrase or a, a quote that they may or may not take a look at. But you have to, you have to invest that leadership capital in that with those people that you feel like God is saying, these are the ones you need to be leading, mm-hmm. um, in order to either pull from that capital or put into that relationship capital. That's really good. So excellent. Well, just one word that I heard throughout all of that is stewardship. Be a steward of what, what the Lord has given you. They're not yours, and they are His. Yeah. So, excellent, guys. Great. Great discussion. So, uh, moving we on. Pass. Huh? We pass. You pass. Yes. They're, so they're Passing grade on question one. Question two. Uh, was there spiritual leadership in your home growing up? And, and if yes, what, what did that look like? 
Or if no, what did or that, if just no, what impact? Yeah, mine's an easy yes. My parents have been in ministry. <laughs> did you have a little a little I had influence a slight, in your life? Slight influence <laughs> spiritually from my parents. No, I I was born in the second row of a church. Uh, <laughs> we had just been there for forty years of revival. I'm just kidding. Um, my parents have been in ministry practically my whole life. Um, my dad's been in ministry since before I was born, and so growing up in church with my mother as a pastor as well, and both of them. Planning a church from scratch with five families into a multi-campus, thousands of people influenced per weekend. I've seen pretty much every phase of church life to this point. And so, um, yes, to answer the question, I don't know if we can expound. Yes, there was spiritual leadership growing up in my home. <laughs> a lot of it. I had a, um, I had two parents that were raised in um, challenging and broken homes. And uh, growing up, yeah, I could tell there was a huge intentionality with our family, our dynamics, having meals together, family time, reading the Bible. Um, there was there was a process to every day. Um, we were told about the Lord. I grew up knowing when I was doing something wrong, it was wrong because I was taught. <laughs> and so um, most of me and all my siblings prayed around anywhere from five to eight years old to receive Christ as our Savior. So we were in it from the beginning, big time. And so... Yeah, we had a big spiritual leadership in the whole government. Jeremy, can you think of any specific examples that your father modeled in relationship to your mother, like as the husband and wife partnership, as the spiritual leader? Can you think of anything? Yeah, there's a lot, but when you have a question and you're recording it, you're like, ah. <laughs> um, I mean, yeah, my dad modeled a ton of things so well growing up. Uh, one of the first things that comes to mind is just simply reading the Bible and opening it up and then kind of breaking it down. There's some pretty complex things in the Bible. Yes. Obviously, we started with the story of Noah, which actually can be really complex and all of that <laughs> stuff from there. But when we'd have that time, um, he would explain it and always bring my mom into the conversation. And there was always that mantle of like, hey, I'm going to set this up, but I need and want you in this conversation. And then, you know, growing up, Obviously, I was one of five kids, three boys and two girls. And when something was wrong, depending on one, who spanked you? And then two, how, how did you get through that process? There's different you know, things that I would walk through with my mom and a lot of things that I would walk through with my dad. And so I think that'd be the first thing to come to mind if that cool. answers the question. Yeah, absolutely. Excellent. I'm the antithesis of Jeremy. Um, you know, when I first read this question, my, my first reaction was no, there was zero spiritual leadership in my family. I didn't... We, we didn't really go to church. My, you know, my parents weren't saved. You know, I didn't get saved and give my life to the Lord until after high school. And, but then the, 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 the deeper I thought about it, the more I was like, no, there, there really was some leadership. I think my mom worked really hard to do the best that she could mm-hmm. with what she had. And when I look back, I, there was a few seasons of life where we, like, I remember going to like a Sunday school at a Methodist church for like a few weeks in a row. And then we went to, I mean, like spotty throughout. I remember my mom taking me because I think, she knew at some level that she was supposed to be like leading us in that direction. She just didn't really know how. And so, um, and then, and then I remember very clearly, you know, my stepdad, um, he modeled, he just, he, he was a very good leader in terms of not like he was laying out lessons for me, but he honored my mom in, in such a good way. He served her so well and sacrificially that I learned so much from him in that. Mm-hmm. He always put my mom before his own wants and needs always even when it was obvious to everyone that whatever she was wanting was ridiculous he would still and that's that's always stuck with me and so um you know there's there's definitely some some spiritual leadership maybe you know 
not to whatever level of qualifications my parents did did a good job of, of, with the best you know with the tools that they had and, and what they knew and I'm I'm thankful for for those times where my mom brought me to church and, and got me thinking about well is this God thing real or not yeah. and um, and even you know she would she modeled generosity I always remember her coming and she would, she'd come in my bedroom and be like, hey, I'm taking your coats. There's a kid at school. She's a teacher. There's a kid at school that doesn't have any coats. You'll never wear these. We're going to give them to them. And, and I just always remember my mom was constantly helping someone who needed it. And, you know, so she wasn't, she would, she didn't say, sit down in the living room and go, okay, well, let's talk about the Good Samaritan and how we should help people. She just helped people. Yeah. And that, you know, that's, you know, she led me in such a great way. And that way I'm so thankful for my mom, you know, teaching me what generosity and, and serving people looks like. Awesome. awesome, Mark. Thank you for sharing that, Mr. Corey. Yeah, words yeah. no, That's a hard to follow. Yeah. Um, I'd say my my growing up was was centered around the church for sure, and um, you know it, it was a different style, but um, it was always there, right? And I always saw my my mom or my dad reading God's word, and it wasn't um, outward. It wasn't uh, let me just let's walk through this spiritual concept, um, but it was emulated with the actions that they that they had that god was a sinner and um they just were obedient and it was more of a it was different and more of a quiet it's something that it's uh, un it's one of those leadership styles that you just don't want to be the center of the attention and you're, you're being obedient because god said to be obedient and, and it pleases him and it glorifies him. That's why we exist on earth is to glorify him. And so the actions um, without the words is how I would describe how we grew up in our home. And I think that that's where I, I take some of those spiritual leadership aspects of just, you know, be his hands and feet. Excellent. Yeah. <clears throat> Excellent, guys. Okay. Uh, moving on. Uh, question three. Um, and we touched a little bit on this uh, from question one when we were talking about um, describing spiritual leadership. But question three is, what's the hardest part of, of spiritual leadership or being that spiritual leader in, in the home? There's so many ways you can go with this. Yes. Mm-hmm. So you may only choose one this evening, <laughs> Mr. So, so I'll speak up because I think I got a good answer. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Give you guys time to yeah. think. Yeah, here we uh, go. So, so I... I shared with you all this before we got started, but um, for, for me, to, I would answer this question, um, being selfless. That's the hardest. As Jeremy alluded to, our human nature is, is, is not to be selfish, uh, is to be selfish, is not to be selfless. Um, to me, that's the hardest part of being a leadership, um, of, of being a servant. Yeah. Uh, Mark, you hit it. So the, Yeah, I think, I think you're right on because leadership isn't just, here, let me lay out these instructions for you, now you go do it. It's really about um, obviously that's that's a part you have to sh- sort of show people and talk people through what you're what you're wanting, but you you have to model um, things for your for your kids and, and for your wife and, and be in uh, most of the time I don't feel like doing any of that you know <laughs> that's not fun I want to sit on the couch and watch TV or whatever instead of you know engaging in this thing that I've got to deal with and um, I think there's um, particularly with your kiddos there's there's some times where you will feel a pull to just let something go. Like, oh man, I just had a long day. Um, I'm tired. I just want to go to bed. I don't want to address that. I don't want to deal with that. But those are moments that you, 
you can't let escape you because there are opportunities for growth and teaching and you have to engage. And that's what's hardest for me. Maybe I'm lazy. I don't know. But that's that's my thing. I have to lay down myself. I have to, you know, and, and, you know, put in work and effort to to be be someone who's you know a good model for my kiddos and, mm. and to you know step up when I need to. Yeah, it's like public enemy number one is your flesh. Absolutely. <laughs> like being made up of those two things. Apostle Paul talk, talks about the things you don't want to do, you do, and yeah. what you do to do, you don't do, and that applies to so many yes. things. And um, I think one of the hardest things is fighting flesh, like your fleshly desire. Your body says, I'm tired. I'm wore out. I've had a long day. I'm carrying the weight of the world and this family. Let me relax. <laughs> but it's right at that time where you need to, you know, buckle up and give more. Most of the time, from my short experience of five years, I have so much to say. But, um, but yeah, the hardest thing about spiritual leadership is that it's spiritual. Yeah, very rarely do things come naturally in the spirit realm. Like you know, mm-hmm. like you have to work on those things. The fruits mm-hmm. of the spirit sound awesome, but you know, rarely does someone you know, they're born with long suffering and they have it for forever. Right. You know right. what I mean? Like you have to work on that. And so that's the hardest part of spiritual leadership because a lot of those things are eternal, and eternal things are not easy to come by. There's so many things we can do in our day that are going to happen here and stay here in this world. But what things have you done in your day that have an eternal impact? And leading your family spiritually will have eternal impact. And you just have to remind yourself. I mean, I think it's such a good thought. The idea that spiritual leadership is work and hard work is uh, is the truth. And um, if there's one thing I've learned in my very, very short 37 years of life. Oh, very short. Um, uh, years of uh, life on this earth. Uh <laughs> There's really not much good that comes easily in this world. Right. And um, spiritual leadership is just another example of something that, um, like, you don't necessarily feel like doing it or it's not necessarily fun. And it's something that's hard. But if you do work hard, it will produce, like, fun. And it will produce good things for you. But I love the idea that spiritual leadership is hard work. Like, you, I think you really do have to settle that in your heart that this is something I'm going to pursue. It's not just going to... I'm not just going to go decide one day I'm going to be a spiritual leader and then it happens like you have to da, 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 da. <laughs> <laughs> like maybe it probably is like you know someone maybe somebody has that sort of gifting but I don't that's something that I have to make a choice every day that I'm going to put on you know right. like I'm going to this is a mantle that I carry and I'm going to be this and that's going to be hard and I'm, it means I'm going to have to do this and this and this and um, I think that's such a good thought Jeremy mm-hmm. yeah it, yeah, little little off script here, but uh, Jeremy, you, you sparked something, um, and I just had to pull it. So the love chapter, first uh, first Corinthians in, in thirteen, um, uh, you know, love is patient, love is kind. It does not envy, it does not boast, it is not proud, it it is not rude, it is not self seeking, and, and goes on and on. And we had a we had a men's um, event uh, this spring before COVID or maybe it was late fall and we had a guest speaker and forgive me, I cannot remember his name, but he spoke on this and he talked about um, the, the Holy Spirit quickened in him and young in his younger life. And he said, you take that chapter and you take the word love out and you put the word man in there. And he says, a man is patient. A man is kind. A man does not envy. He does not boast. He is not proud. Uh, He is not rude. He is not self-seeking. He is not easily angered, and he keeps no record of wrong. He does not delight in evil, but rejoices with truth. He always protects. He always trusts. 
He always hopes and he always perseveres. If that just doesn't send chills up your spine, this will. Because the next part is the Lord told him, now put the, put the word boy in there and flip everything backwards. A boy is not patient. A boy is not kind. A boy envies. He boasts and he is proud. A boy is rude. He is self-seeking and he is easily angered. A boy keeps record of wrong and goes on. And, and, and you spoke on it, Jeremy. It's, it's the hard things yeah. and those things that are actually worth it. And that's, that's the part of being that man, of, of choosing the harder road. Yeah. Um, spiritually, the beautiful thing is we don't have to do it alone. That's right. The Lord is saying, I will walk with you and equip you and help you in every single thing. Um, yeah. You just have to say yes and, and choose and me show and go forward and show up. Yeah. <laughs> so, Corey, what... Uh, what icing and do you Man, got for that? Yeah, I, that's that's all I need is the icing on this cake. Is um, <laughs> I just wanted to challenge um, challenge the fact that it's not just the home and your wife or your kids. Mm. Spiritual leadership should be across the board. Where you go to the mall, you go to work. Um, your work, your job, God puts you. Whether you think you earned that interview and got that job. God put you there. He's in control. And it's, it's a full circle of, okay, if he has put you at that job, um, whether it is ministry-related or specifically if it's not ministry-related, um, that is your mission field, regardless. You're right. And so right. if you, God, Christ gave us an example of being a disciple. He didn't, he didn't get on a stand and do a big Billy Graham sermon and that's what he did everywhere he went. He focused on these 12 disciples. And so when you think about the workplace specifically for either, either side for men or women, you're working eight hours a day with all these people. And they're getting to know you. You should be getting to know these people. And they begin to do two things. They trust and respect you. And then that is your capital that you're investing in those people to then react in a good way. In a, in, a, in a spiritually leading way instead of reacting a certain way at work or something happens or serving them, um, rising above a situation where you really want to just chop somebody's head off um, mm-hmm. or fire back. Those are the moments that your actions will speak so much louder than the words. And so when you, when you think about all the people that you influence, your friends, your, your extended family, it is not just church as the as your building that you go to and it is not just this home even though there's very it should be a recognition of there are seasons in life and god has you in certain seasons for certain time frames so if you have children that is your season to develop and train your disciples and if you not do some of the things you want to do or other ministry areas just know it's, the season seems so um, short or, or long, and you want to do other things. Um, Jer- yeah, Jeremy's in it right now. Yeah, mid that season. At, at that point, at least for our for Kayla and I, we were affirmed a long time ago. Do disciple your children in the season that they are malleable, and when they become less malleable as they become into their teens. It's now then your job to start branching out into the other areas that I'm going to put before you. 
And so spiritual leadership, it can't just be focused on what we like to do in our Christian bubble. It must be spiritual examples in our workplace, in the public place, in the people we interact with. That's great. That's good. Yeah. I, don't, I don't know if this is a cherry on top, but <laughs> with spiritual leadership, I love the Bible because there's a couple cheat codes in there. You know, flip to the back. Mm. Like, we win. That's cool. One. Flip to the other. There's Jesus. But like for this thing, um, for number the question three, what's the hardest about spiritual leadership? All, all, the, all the things that we just mentioned, but every Christian has a Holy Spirit within them, yes. which is like cheat code, activate. Yeah. Yes. You, you need to bring the Holy Spirit into everything you do, especially the spiritual part Amen. of leading your team. Because it is so beneficial if you can just slow your roll and not put all the weight is on your flesh shoulders and put them on your spiritual shoulders guess who's helping you lift is the holy spirit and then when you have a spouse that is also a believer um, you have that in them as well and you can combine and it's that's it's yes it's hard all the things we mentioned but it can be a lot easier if you ask the holy spirit within you to help bear that I had a I was in a Bible lesson earlier this year uh, where they were talking about the the way a yoke actually works and it's supposed to be that there is like a a young ox that is not as strong or as well trained and then there's like the senior you know that knows what they're doing and is the biggest ox on and they're learning from each other basically one's training the other and it's like Correct me if I'm wrong, but I think the little one carries about 10% of the weight of the yoke and the big one carries about 90%. And that, that is the illustration when we walk with the Lord in the spirit and we allow him to lead us and guide us and strengthen our weaknesses. We do our 10%, he'll do the other 90%. And that is important to remember. One of the skills or tactics that I've, I've learned in the last three years is to detach. Mm-hmm. If I'm in the grind and I'm, I'm in the battle and I don't know where to go, I need to learn to um, detach from the engagement. I need to take a step back and I need to look up and I need to chin up and I need to take some time, have some chair time, specifically in it, direct conversation with the Holy Spirit. And, okay, this is a situation I'm in. I've detached from the firefight right now, help me understand what decision I need to make. But if I don't detach from that emotionally and physically and, you know, time-wise and and pull out and detach, I'm not allowing the room to hear my commander's intent for this situation. Mm -hmm. And if I'm not listening, calling back in and going, okay, how, how am I supposed to, what's the decision or what's the next move that I need to make? Um, I'm not doing my job and I'm going to make a decision that might not be what God intended or where he wants to bless. And and I'm just going to try to make it myself, which is always harder and not going to create as much fruit. It reminds me in the last session, Aaron, when you said that you could imagine Moses going out and being like, all right, Lord, you know, first thing in the morning, all right, Lord, I got these hard neck people out here and they're not listening and they're mad at you. And what are we going to do today? And he'd go try, and then at the end of the day, he'd go back to the tent and be like, okay, Lord, that didn't work. What are we going to try tomorrow? And so it's that Mm -hmm. constant checking in with the commander. Mm -hmm. And on that note, we're going to pause, and we're going to make this into a two-part of its own. So we are going to come back with Aaron, the last two questions. Yep, two questions remaining. Same group of guys and a lot more wisdom. 
Thanks for listening today. If you enjoyed the podcast, please take a minute to leave a review and share it with a friend to be part of Strengthening Marriages. Until next time, be sure you're loving on relationships.